Welcome to the Alberta Printer Podcast, where we celebrate self-employment in Alberta. I'm your host, Jason Bacon. I'm an author, founder, and longtime lover of entrepreneurship. Through my career, I've been able to advise hundreds of self-employed individuals across the province, and I've always been inspired by their stories. That's where the podcast comes in. We're going to be digging into the stories of those people, and in particular, the graduates of the self-employment training program. For those who don't know, this is a program in partnership with the province of Alberta as well as the government of Canada, and it provides training and support to entrepreneurs who are unemployed or underemployed. And if you qualify for funding, it won't cost you anything but time. You may even receive funding while you take it. In particular, this podcast is focused on the graduates of the ExecuServe Plus training program in Lethbridge. They've been graduating entrepreneurs for more than 20 years and continue to do so. Something that I always say, and is the lesson of my book, Entrepreneur-ish, is that entrepreneur is a verb, not a noun. It's not a title, but a set of actions. And it's in that spirit that we're talking about the stories and actions of the people around you who have taken that leap of faith and tried to make it on their own. Let's get to it. Welcome to episode two of Alberta Preneur. Uh, the title of this episode is Time Service Mastery. Uh, and, you know, I always like to have these conversations with guests beforehand to help figure out really what the topic and title is going to be. And um, what I always love is that I get, especially with the conversation with today's guest, I start to get really like jazzed up about what we're going to talk about. And we just like, if you hear laughter, because we're talking about time service mastery, it's because uh, right uh, as soon as we were just about to start recording, I kept hearing this tick 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 and it was a clock in his office <laughs> and we didn't realize it was there so uh david thank you for being here uh with us today uh, i'm really excited to to dig into your your story a little bit thanks for being here no problem jason thanks for having me yeah absolutely so you know in pursuit of this idea of time service mastery um you know the this podcast is really in pursuit of talking about graduates of the self-employment training program, which you yourself were a graduate of. Uh, and David, I mean, we've known each other for uh, a few years now. And, you know, I've seen you evolve as a business owner a lot through that time, you know, when talking about the the startup phase and trying to kind of find your fit, find your clients, find your value creation, and then growing, right? And, and I'm sure we're going to get into all the other things that you've done, the pitch competition that you won, things like that, that has helped to kind of grow and propel your business. Accrual accounting, by the way, not, I am going to remember to say it this time. Uh, so David, <laughs> okay. uh, they, you know, he, he's an entrepreneur at heart and, and I'm interested to dig into his story. So without, without further ado, David, man, like I, like I said, you're an entrepreneur at heart. You've been through the self-employment tr training program where I kind of always like to start as saying, Hey, what, what's the before? What, what's the thing that caused you to take that leap? Right. Let's start there. And then, and then we'll get to the self-employment program, how it helped you. Certainly. Uh, my journey starts quite a bit before the self-employment program. Actually, I was uh, working as a disability support worker for nine years while going to school for first what used to be CYC, and then I changed careers and started going for accounting all four years at the University of Lethbridge. Um, I have a kid, and I was working full-time, so of course I didn't do the four years all in yeah. four years. No, no, no. I switched yeah. it out to yeah. five. 
Um, oh, only five. <laughs> just throw that you know, full time job and a kid and family. Just that extra year on top. That's it. That's not bad. No big deal. It, it's fine. <laughs> 80 to 90 hours a week. It, it's nothing. It's all good. <laughs> I loved being in the disability support field because I got to learn how to think outside the box. I got to learn how to work with people and work with the people's struggles. And so I got to see oh, a different yeah. side of people, some at their best, some at their worst. And it was just yeah. so invigorating and so uplifting to help them overcome their own disability yeah. to allow them to be considered humans and real people in the world. Yeah. yeah. Just, just helping them to, to kind of grow themselves. Right. Exactly. Like there was this five-year-old kid and I know this is not where the podcast is supposed to go, but I'm going there anyway. There's this five-year-old kid that I would work with and he had a rainbow of labels labeled on him. And I was like, okay, so he's a typical kid. And I treated him as such. In fact, there was a couple of times where he'd come in in the morning to the program and I'd be like, okay, so we're going to have a bad day. Before we have that bad day, can I at least finish my coffee? Yeah. Yeah. So he'd sit there and wait for me to finish my coffee. And while sitting there and waiting for me to finish my coffee, we realized, you know what, we can actually have a good day. And we went out and had a great day. Yeah. And it's just living in that moment and allowing the person to not lose any disrespect for coming in in a bad mood because of whatever happened at home, but to allow them to reflect and refine what they're about to do because we control our reactions absolutely absolutely that's all we control right and nobody remembers what Mm -hmm. went wrong they just remember how you reacted Mm -hmm. yeah that's cool i love that and it's like it's like emotional intelligence 101 right it's empathy 101 for you connecting in a different way right exactly and so i worked in the disability field for nine years and at the end of my nine years of career there i was in three different agencies Mm-hmm. And I watched the agency I was working with at the last time there go downhill fast. And they chose to keep people who were not doing their job versus people who were. And I don't want to badmouth anybody by saying what that company is or what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But uh, I will say that it did push me into being unemployed way too early, way earlier than I expected it to be yeah. in uh, May of 2018. Just as I was starting to find my footing and find, uh, what I wanted to do with my life. And at that time I only had one client and not even really a business name to go off of. So you had operated this off the side of your desk a little bit then. Just a little bit, not too much. Just, just one little client. He had a shoebox. He gave me his receipts and he's like, I've been going to this other accounting firm. They charge way too much. I want to come to you because you don't charge as much. I'm like, fair enough. So did you know, like, was entrepreneurship, like, I want to start my own business? Was that something always in the back of your mind, even while you were working for these, for these disability support companies? Kind of. It was more in the mindset when I was uh, graduating in 2017 that I tried getting in with an accounting firm. And apparently accountants are very introverted. And uh, that's not me. (laughs) Yeah, some definitely can be. Absolutely. I extroverted through and through. In fact, I will talk your ear off if you let me. Yeah. Yeah. 
clients appreciate the fact that I don't just sit there and punch in the numbers and say, okay, here's the result of your tax return. No, no, no. I, I'll sit there and have a conversation with them while doing their tax return. And they're like, it's so relaxing. You only did that in 20 minutes. How, how You were talking to me the entire time. How did you have time to do my taxes? I'm like, yeah, I multitask. I can do both. There you go. There you go. Multitasking. Right. And I think that comes to an extent from understanding your customers like you do, right. Is being mm-hmm. able to know who they are and what they need. So let, let's go back. You're unemployed sooner than expected. Yep. And you have this side business with one customer, really. Not enough do to do? do anything with, really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a little bit, a little tiny bit of income that you're making, right? And it's, I, I, Not this enough. really speaks to me because I, I, I was in the same boat, really, where I had a side business that was focused in a very niche way, in a small way with one, one, two clients at the time and got pushed more into entrepreneurship than jumped <laughs> willingly. So, what, how did you react? What did that look like for you? Oh, at first I reacted very badly. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I lashed out trying to get every nickel and dime I could out of the company before they decided to not pay me my actual fee. Yeah. Uh, then I took some time, reflected, and realized, you know what? I can make a go of this if I just put my mind on it. And that's what I did. I went and discovered that there is an entrepreneur center thing. And I discovered there's a program out there called ExecuServe that teaches people exactly like me who are underemployed. Because at that time, the only thing I had to fall back on was my work at uh, H&R Block, which was completely seasonal. They'd hire me on in January and then they'd let me go in the uh, end of April. And, uh, so it's not exactly enough income to live on. No, oh, and especially because you have a you have a family that you're that you're also providing for on top of that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and not... the family that I was providing for. I do want to dive into this just a little bit here. Yeah, I have a five year old boy who's almost six. He was born with scoliosis, and so the family that I was providing for with little to no income mm-hmm. needed constant trips to Calgary for medical appointments. Oh man, that's, I I can't imagine the difficulty and the stress that that places on you on top of everything else. Well, on top of everything else, he was our rainbow baby. Yeah. Yeah. How do you deal with that? What in that moment, what got you through something that for some people would have maybe been you don't sign to give up, go look for something else. What pushed you through, man? I set my mind to focusing on people. I focused on helping people because if you're helping people, you have that sense of uh, accomplishment that you wouldn't have had if you're just self-loathing and self-focused on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That idea of helping others helps yourself and, and pulls mm-hmm. you forward a little bit. Yeah. And that's yeah, tough. spending time that's in tough. nature. So I, yeah, I learned to reflect. I learned to read uh, lots of uh, self-help books, uh, business entrepreneurship type books. Yeah. And uh, trust me, I've got a long list I could tell you about, <laughs> but that's not why we're here. <laughs> that's another podcast. <laughs> exactly. Books you should read. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you have all of this stuff going on. You, as mm-hmm. you mentioned, you found the self-employment program you got into it 
What would yeah. you say in, in reflecting back on that, that program? And this is maybe a next segue to the next question that I was going to ask you is what would you say was your biggest takeaway from that program? What helped you the most? Uh, building a business plan that I learned about in marketing uh, when I was in the university, but didn't really pay yeah. attention because I wasn't expecting at the university that I'd be uh, starting my own business. So yeah. should yeah. I paid attention in class. Sorry, kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, learn by doing. I'm a big believer in that. And so the, uh, I'm going to get his name wrong. I, I just know it. Morley? Morley. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. And, uh, he was the one who was running us through the uh, business plan. And it was so enlightening to see that although everybody needs to do their taxes, not everybody needs you to do their taxes. Yeah, totally. So totally. if you have a business and you think, oh, everybody is my customer, I, I would strongly encourage every single person out there that's thinking that to rethink yeah. that because that is not the yeah. case. Yeah. So what did you do to find your customers and 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 maybe this ties into the to the other question i was going to ask you with that big overarching why you know what is it for you that what is that niche market what is that maybe purpose piece that you connect with those customers on i connect with people on the simple fact that they find out that i like to help people and so they say well my my accountant is my brother my my accountant is good family friend they did my taxes. I've never owed in my life. All of a sudden I'm owing. Can you just have a look? And what will that cost? And I said to them, because I was trying to win them over, I was like, you know what? Give me 10 minutes of your taxes mm-hmm. and I'll try and find something. If I can't find anything, you owe me nothing. Yeah. And within 10 yeah. minutes of looking at everybody's taxes, I pretty much found upwards of 200 at the minimum to yeah. 8,000 at the maximum of things that were misfiled and misdone that sure. uh, other accountants should have done better. Yeah. And it's, that's an interesting one because I think a lot of people will default to the family side of things. Right. And not to say that your family will intentionally, you know, do you dirty or anything like that, but in the midst they don't mean of to, tax, but they do. no. Yeah. And I mean, they're getting paid as professionals to do, and we're going to get to that time management piece and, and especially in your business. Right. But those taxes are so intense that they can be, yeah. that typically like, especially because family tends to not pay and friends tend to not pay as much then that mm-hmm. you, like you pay for attention. Right. And sometimes that's left by the wayside in favor of other, other files. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you start discounting your services because you don't value what you're actually doing for yeah. people. And so the family yeah. and friends that go, I didn't expect it to be so much. And you're like, okay, fine, discount, discount, yeah. discount. And, yeah. and then meanwhile, you're going to the food bank because coming to have you do their taxes and have you uh, give them a service that they're going to pay for or hopefully pay for. And then based on those results, we'll determine whether your prices are one way too low, like mine were, or too high and you're charging out of the market. So you found that out through just straight up interaction with the market that your pricing was a little bit low. Oh yeah. Way too low. Yeah. In fact, some of my clients decided, Hey, this is way too cheap. Can we tip you? Something I've never heard of in it as an accountant. Yeah. I'm like, can, can uh, I tip you? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. We accept donations so, of all kinds. 
so you know because pricing is one of those things that often um is very complex for mm-hmm. entrepreneurs to figure out right and again i think like this topic is well suited for that because it really comes down to how you manage your time and how you serve the customer is is where mm-hmm. is where that pricing model comes from right exactly and I was always discounting my prices because I was thought, oh, it only takes me 10 minutes to do this tax return, but someone comes to you and does their ta- does you do their taxes and it takes you 10 minutes. Yeah, they could do it and it could take them three to five to a week. Yeah. And it's opportunity cost, right? Exactly. And so yeah. you just save them a pile of time. What that time is worth to them is what you've, your value yeah. add is. There, that's it. Yeah. I love that idea of like, there's almost like a time differential, right? And the idea that you need to be able to manage not just your time, but understand the time impact on your customer, especially for a service-based business. And your pricing mm-hmm. comes from the differential of those two things, right? Yeah, that's exactly. a cool concept. And understanding who they are, what they're worth, which as an accountant, granted, is a little bit easier when you're looking at their tax stuff, knowing what their time is worth. But I love that idea of really pricing and and it being time service mastery Mm -hmm. because some clients they'll they'll come to me and they'll see that their appointment's an hour long it's no secret that i book all of my clients in for an hour long appointment sure and what ends up happening is some of those clients they are coming in get their taxes done 10 minutes later they're out the door other clients they'll come in they'll get the taxes done we'll have a chat about what future events are happening for them and what their taxes are going to look like in the future. And so their appointments are a little bit longer and could take anywhere from 20 minutes to 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that, and and that's the thing that you probably start to notice as your business grows, right? Is the different customers, their different needs, right? That impact on how Mm -hmm. you build pricing models, right? And, And what the different value creation methods look like based on those customers, right? And your pricing model again changes when you start bringing on employees. How many times have you changed your pricing model? Almost every year. Right? There's nothing, and there's nothing wrong with that. And it's one, you know, and I, I'm glad you said that, David, because one thing that I often will find is people won't change their pricing model. And that's mm-hmm. crazy to me. <laughs> that's just crazy in my mind, right? Well, when I first started out with that very first client, my pricing was 25 bucks an hour for bookkeeping. Yeah. Yeah. And that only accounts for your bookkeeping time, not like we talk a lot, like when you're talking about time management, that means there's all these other potential jobs associated with that customer that aren't getting paid. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And so and then you I changed it as you grew. I took right? on taxes. I took on uh, yeah. corporate taxes and yeah. my pricing model jumped from 25 an hour to 50 an hour yeah. to even having a fixed flat fee rate for yeah. quarterly bookkeeping included. Yeah. So I, I love that. And so I, I, the idea that you need to, cause I think that's going to be a continual theme. And it was in our, in our first episode for those that have listened to it as well, the idea that you need to continually adapt and change as your business grows oh, and changes. Right? COVID was a thing. Yeah. Oh, we have, which we haven't even talked about. Right. And I don't know <laughs> if we will, cause we're getting close to, uh, to the 20 minutes here, but the idea, absolutely like COVID, which you went through, well, what did that look like for your business? I would assume that like, apart from the physical space, your industry was arguably less impacted than others. Right. But um, not, not, the industry not was actually impacted worse than most people thought. In fact, most accountants weren't online and most accountants stopped seeing people during the pandemic 
Whereas I took a different approach because I was already doing some of my stuff already online. I said, you know what? I'll see you in person. I have a Dropbox. You can drop your stuff off. I even did Zoom calls for people as far away as Nunavut and uh, Newfoundland and BC and Saskatchewan just to get their taxes done for them. That's great. Where do you find these people? Where Where are you marketing, man? That you're getting people from from Nunavut and from from the the coasts. Well, people move away from Lethbridge because nobody stays in Lethbridge forever. And uh, sure, when they move, I tell them, "Hey, I can still do your taxes when you move." That's great. I love that idea of preserving the relationship too, right? And making sure you can do that. I, I and I love your adaptability. And when they you move, know. their friends refer their they refer their friends yeah. to me, and then yeah. I get even more people. Good for you, man. Good for you. I love I love where this conversation has kind of gone talking about, you know, time, the, the idea of the importance of time and how you serve the customer and moving your business forward, adapting really to, to mm-hmm. master it. And it's very process driven. Um, one, one question I would kind of throw at you here is, you know, looking back, you can give that advice to someone who, you know, they're maybe they're unemployed now, they're underemployed, maybe they're thinking about the self-employment training program starting their own business. What's that piece of advice looking back that you that you would give them? Don't shut any doors. Let any oh, door that's about to be open, let it be open and let any door that's a struggle to get into, let it just shut because it's not meant for you. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that. And it kind of ties back to that idea of where you're putting your time. And if you're mm-hmm. continually getting these barriers thrown up, thrown up, thrown up, path of least resistance is sometimes the better way to turn to, to get is. that traction and to build and grow. Right. Exactly. My, my grandpa had a great saying. He always said, don't force it, get a bigger hammer. <laughs> there you go and sometimes you got to go in a different direction to get that hammer i love it um, right yeah i i love it you know and I, always think outside the box like there's yeah. been so many times even in my business where i thought i don't know how to do that i don't know if i can do that and then i thought outside the box and found a way to do it yeah and i think that is something that is somewhat lost today um Mm-hmm. Just in general, right? With with entrepreneurs, just because of how difficult things have become. I uh, just today, I think it was, I, I posted this uh, quote on LinkedIn from uh, Epis, uh, Epic, Epicetus, I think was his name. So like, he's like a, a Greek philosopher. You he like started his life as a slave and became a philosopher. And he said, if you if you want to improve, be content to be thought foolish and stupid. And the idea that there's going to be things that you hit that you're like, I don't know if I can do that. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And to have those feelings and, and it's key to push through them, persevere and just be comfortable sometimes with feeling that way to build yourself and your business. Right. Mm-hmm. You cool. will come across many times that imposter syndrome. Oh yeah. Don't I know it. Don't I know it. <laughs> Dave, thanks so much, man. I, this has been such a great conversation. Um, and and I, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. If anyone wants to check out Accrual Accounting, what's the best way for them to do that? You can give us a call at 403-331-3823, or you can reach out to us at info at accruelaccounting.ca. Awesome, Matt. I really appreciate it. And, you know, this conversation was really based around the idea of time service mastery, understanding your time, ways that you can make it used uh, in in better ways for yourself and your business, and in understanding how your customer spends their time and understanding how you can serve your customer based on those things. Uh, Thanks once again to Dave Lands from, uh, from Accrual Accounting. 
If, uh, if you or anyone that you know could benefit from the self-employment training program, please connect them with us or ExecuServe Plus. The best way probably is to visit the Albertapreneur website or just call ExecuServe at 403-320-5604. One of the things that I'm fond of saying is that an entrepreneur does, on average, seven jobs in their business. One of those is marketing, but it's something that business owners struggle with, especially in the digital age. So if you need assistance, the Digital Service Squad may be able to help you out. Available to business organizations all across Alberta, as long as you're registered in the province, have between zero and 49 employees, the Digital Service Squad will connect you with experts one-on-one -on -one and pay for up to five hours of support, whether it's search engine optimization, website design, social media marketing or an overall overview of what you do for that digital side of your business if you're in the lethbridge region and you're interested in the digital service squad you can go to community futures lethbridge website fill out a form and get connected with those experts today you don't have to go it alone